From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mike De Niro. Okay, maybe I won't ever do that again. If I blew out your eardrums, my bad. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today on this big episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I hope everyone checked out our Homicide interview yesterday i hope everyone enjoyed the interview with homicide thanks again for homicide for coming on to the show i want to thank all our followers from all over the world thank you so much for subscribing to the wrestling delorean podcast from germany mexico ireland the uk australia the philippines india taiwan greenland that's fucking awesome uh canada the united states mexico Brazil, Chile, yo, it goes on and 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 on. And I appreciate all the love and support. If you don't already follow the Wrestling Delorean Podcast on Instagram at Wrestling Delorean Pod and on TikTok at Wrestling Delorean Pod. Also, you better follow the Wrestling Delorean Podcast on Twitter at W underscore Delorean Pod. And if you don't already, subscribe to the YouTube page, check out the videos, check out the interviews. We got a lot of more crazy shit to come. Today we have a super stacked episode. We're going to be talking about last night's AEW Fight for the Fallen, which was another phenomenal show that ended off a little bit more violent than usual. Shouts to MDK all motherfucking day. Anyway... We also have, for you, we're going back in time, we have the Go Home Show before Destination Next 2006, so we will be going back in time, of course, making an impact, it is Thursday, we only do Thursdays right, we're making an impact, so we'll be going back in time to 2006 TNA Impact, so I hope everyone sits back, strap in that seatbelt, because the wrestling DeLorean is about to take you for a ride, right now. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate all the support, and I appreciate you making me a part of your Thursday morning routine. Without you, there is no us. So all that support goes a long, long way, and I appreciate it with all my heart and soul. I'm getting a lot of good feedback from my interview with Homicide yesterday. For those who did not check it out, make sure you check out my interview with Homicide. Very crazy news that he was telling how Conan had to get the okay from him to create the new LAX and to get the green light on Slice Boogie and Danny Limelight, or now Rivera, to be a part of it in MLW, which is really cool to hear. A lot of crazy stuff. Uh, Homicide was talking about his time as the Ring of Honor champion, his time in TNA forming LAX with Hernandez and Conan. You got to check it out. 
it was a really good interview. You, you got to check that out. So if you don't already, make sure you hear yesterday's episode or check it out on YouTube if you want to see the visuals of me talking to the Notorious 187 Homicide. Everybody knows I'm a rapper, right? Everybody knows I'm a huge rap fan as well. Someone I'm a fan of is my boy Wale, representing that Maybach music with uh, Rick Ross, Meek Mill, all them. But Wale is a notorious, notorious, notorious wrestling fan, and he put out the tweet yesterday that why can't people just enjoy the WWE and AEW? And you know what? That's a really good question. Why is it that people look at AEW and the first thing that AEW fans see is, wow, this is so much better than the WWE, or, you know, wow, they're going to take down the WWE? Or why do WWE fans look at AEW like, oh, this is shit, you know, WWE so much better, this is just bullshit, Tony Khan's a money mark, blah, 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 you know, all that false narrative, I'm not calling, I'm not on any side of the fence here. Why is that? Why can't we all just enjoy what we enjoy and not shit talk the other company, it's weird because it seems like all the WWE fanboys are waiting for the downfall of AEW, and guess what, it don't look like it's happening anytime soon, because AEW right now is firing on all cylinders, AEW is on fire, and for all the AEW fanboys who talk shit about the WWE, Sometimes I'm guilty of talking too much shit about the WWE. But for all the fanboys who talk shit about the WWE, WWE ain't going nowhere. Even if all the beliefs are true and WWE is one day sold, it ain't going nowhere. So, listen. WWE and AEW seem like two very different shows. WWE's trying to cater to the TV network executives. It looks like they're trying to cater to the USA and to Fox executives. The writing is to cater to one man himself, Vince McMahon. Where AEW, on the other hand, is trying to cater to the diehard wrestling fans. Is trying to bring in more fans. AEW is basically the underground secret that's gone mainstream. Because AEW, they, they assume that you know your shit if you're watching the show. You know what I mean? They assume that you know who Nick fucking Gage is when they, when you tune into the show and they have him as a surprise. They assume that you know that Juventud Guerrero and Chris Jericho had a feud back in WCW when you tune in. They assume that you watch uh, Dark, Dark Elevation, Being the Elite, and now Rampage. So the thing is, they are really catering to the diehard fans, right? They're catering to the people who are going to sit down and watch... 16, 17 hours of professional wrestling because that's that's their passion, you know what I mean? So that's the two differences. The WWE, they, they give a little, you know, they, they give a little stuff to talk about for the diehard fans. They give a little, you know, that 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 indie niche, they, they give some of that, you know, especially with NXT. NXT caters to that. That's why when NXT and AEW was on the same night, they were fighting for the same crowd. But main roster Raw and SmackDown, they are not. Main roster Raw and SmackDown are fighting to get TV contracts. See, when people compare the two, like, alright, for example, AEW is calling themselves an alternative to the WWE. Having death matches like we saw last night between Chris Jericho and Nick Gage 
really solidifies how much of an alternative they are because WWE wouldn't dare to bring a deathmatch wrestler to come in and face your top guy and fucking carve him up during a show. But on the other hand, AEW wouldn't dare to do things like having Bill Goldberg come in and face off with the champion. AEW doesn't have the mainstream superstars that could go into a Fast and the Furious and then come back and get the biggest pop like John Cena. So the thing is, it's 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 a it's a give it's a give and take. It's two different companies, and if you don't like one company, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch it if you're not a fan of the WWE. Don't watch it if you're not a fan of AEW. Don't watch it. There is so many options out today. If you are a fan of wrestling, there's more options than ever before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is the greatest time to be a wrestling fan because of all the accessibility to every option of wrestling. Never before were you able to have everything. Everyone wants to talk about the 90s was the greatest era. Really? Because there's a lot of states that you couldn't see ECW in. There was a lot of states that you didn't get your local wrestling on. There's a lot of regions in America that you couldn't get to see the NWA. Here's the thing. Even in the territory days, if you didn't live in that territory and you didn't have a satellite TV, you were not able to see that unless you were tape trading. Unless you were, you know, on the inside. You you weren't able to do it. So the thing is, for people to say that this is not another wrestling boom, this is not another wrestling glory era... You guys are stupid. Because check this out. If I don't like the WWE, then I'm watching AEW. If I don't like AEW and the WWE, because of the internet, I have access to MLW. I have access to (laughs) Impact Wrestling on Access TV, no pun intended. I have access to New Japan Pro Wrestling through New Japan World. I have access to Ring of Honor Wrestling through ROH's Honor Club or their was called partnership with Fight TV. Because of Fight TV, I have access to GCW if I want to watch Deathmatch Wrestling. I don't have to tape trade anymore. If I want to watch other independents, I have access to watching their internet pay-per-views. I have access to watching any show that puts their show on the internet. You didn't have that with the territories. You didn't have that with the Attitude Error. You didn't have that... In the 90s where people had access to everything. So why, oh why, are we complaining about a company? If you don't like that company, don't watch that company. You could easily go watch another show. There's so many different alternatives to both AEW and the WWE that I'm sure you could find something that works for you. If you want strong style, watch New Japan. If you want hardcore, watch GCW. If you want pure athletic wrestling, watch Ring of Honor. If you want mainstream but still catering to the independent fan base, watch AEW. If you want if you're just a casual fan and don't have to don't want to have to watch everything on the internet to understand what's going on, watch the WWE. If you like the WWE production but you want more of an indie style, watch NXT. 
if you want to watch something where you see multiple companies form into one company, watch Impact Wrestling. It's that simple. Stop talking shit. Stop complaining. If you don't like a company, you can watch another company. But why, as wrestling fans, would any of us want to see any company fail? You're not a true wrestling fan if you want to see AEW fail. You don't have to be a fan of AEW, but AEW failing would be horrible for the business because the business needs another competitor for the WWE. The business needs competition. The business needs another mainstream promotion for the boys to go work at if the WWE no longer wants them or is not even interested in them. Because look at when the WWE purchased WCW and ECW. There was no alternatives for the fans. So if you didn't like the WWE at that time period, you stopped watching wrestling. And that's why a lot of wrestling fans went away. If you were not a fan of the WWE product, there was nothing else to watch. And for the wrestlers and for the employees of the WWE at that time, if you were released... The indies were not booming like they are today. There was no place to go like there is today. Even in 2002 when TNA first started, it was not a reliable source of income. It was not a real competitor. It wasn't a place to go and you could really, you know, make your name yet. It took TNA some years to become a real success financially so the wrestlers could get paid and want to be contracted to TNA wrestling. Ring of Honor didn't have money behind them like that. CZW didn't have money behind them like that. CZW and Ring of Honor didn't have eyes on them like they have today. There wasn't a another multi-billion dollar man who had an interest in starting a company and did, like Tony Khan. So there's a lot of wrestlers who retired after the WWE fired them or... Did not want them in that 2001-2002 era. So why would anybody wish death upon any company? Because if we go back to that time period. It's going to be real grim. Look at the past. Before 2019. Look at the past 18 years. It's been since 2001. Where the boys really had another place they could go. And make really good money. And be on mainstream television. You know, TNA had their run. The Spike TV run was huge for TNA. But at the end of the day, if it wasn't for Spike TV offering up money for those contracts, there wouldn't be a Kurt Angle or a Hulk Hogan or a Sting. That was product of Viacom. So, that's why... Impact on Access TV, where now Impact, you know, is paying their wrestlers off of their own books. That's why you don't see too many mainstream stars like we used to. That's why there's not the the star calibers of a main event mafia today in Impact Wrestling. So, when you don't have someone with money who's really behind their company, like a Ted Turner was, like Tony Khan is... And let's face it, like Vince McMahon is, there's no other place to go. And if there's no other place to go, 
more fans are going to stop watching because their favorite wrestler, if they get released, they are not going to be able to watch them anymore. So let's support wrestling. Let's support every wrestling company. Let's let's be proud of the successes of AEW or the WWE or Impact Wrestling, New Japan, MLW, NWA. Let's support them. You don't have to be a fan of the product to be happy that AEW is getting in the millions in the ratings. You don't have to be a fan of the WWE to know that, hey, ever since fans came back, the ratings have been up. And that's a good thing. We need the wrestling business to flourish. Because if the wrestling business does not flourish, the opportunities for these guys goes away. The money goes away. The ratings, the fan base goes away. And then it's back from scratch. So just support professional wrestling. If you don't like the product, don't watch. That's it. All these Twitter warriors, all these keyboard warriors talking shit. I I hope AEW dies. I hope TNT sees Nick Gage and throws him off the air because he used glass and he uses a pizza cutter. They should throw him off the air. Shut the fuck up. How about that? Anyway... Speaking of Nick Gage using a pizza cutter, make sure you stay tuned because after this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about last night's AEW Fight for the Fallen, which was another amazing show. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW's fight for the fallen, the yearly annual AEW events where they take the proceeds and donate them to a very honorable organization or cause. Always a good show, always a feel-good show. We had surprises, we had a very violent main event, and we have foreshadowing of the future for AEW where some of the rumors were addressed. 
Next week is AEW Homecoming back in Jacksonville, Florida, and I am excited because we're going to see a huge main event between Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black. But this week we are live from North Carolina, Bojangles Coliseum, North Kakalaki, and this was a great show. So let's talk all about AEW Fight for the Fall in 2021 right now. Fight for the Fallen started out really strong because we started out with the 10-man elimination tag match between the Elite and the Dark Order. Stipulations being if the Dark Order wins, not only does Hangman Page get the next world title shot, but the Dark Order also gets a tag title shot against the Young Bucks. This show started out with an amazing video package on Cowboys and the Dark Order, which led to a very epic Dark Order entrance where they came out like Cowboys. The crowd was really behind this. And then the Elite come out honoring and paying homage to Space Jam. They are the Elite Squad. They have a basketball-like entrance. Very, very cool here. I really enjoyed both these uh, epic-ass entrances. Made the show feel big. Made the show feel strong. And really started off the show hot because the crowd was behind this. This 10-on-10 match was amazing. A lot of crazy action. A lot of crazy-ass stunts and dives. A lot of crazy-ass brawling inside of the crowd. This was an elimination match, so this got a lot of time. This match went about a half hour. Uh, One of the real stars in this show was Stu Grayson, who was pulling out all the stops. Crazy-ass spots in the crowd. He had a diving corkscrew thingamajigga that looked like fucking insane and I think he overshot it and almost broke his fucking ass but you know it was a great move so in the end it came down to Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega he was able to eliminate uh, Nick Jackson but in the end Matt Jackson hands Kenny Omega the belt Kenny Omega hits Hangman Page with the AEW champion one winged angel one two three the elite win And that means that Hangman Page does not get a title shot. So I, who thoroughly expected Hangman Page to win this matchup and to be next in line for a world title shot at All Out, that's not happening. I'm sure this is a swerve. I'm sure we're still going to get that match at All Out. But how do they get there from here? I thought this was a clear-cut way to get there, but how do they get there from here? I think that we're going to have some swerves here. We're going to have a roller coaster ride, but I'm all for it because it takes away the predictability. It shows that anything can happen, so I'm cool with it. Really good way to start off the show. Next, we got Alex Marvez. He's interviewing Pac. Pac is alone. He says that the Dark uh, not the Dark Order, the uh, Death Triangle, Pentagon Jr., and Phoenix are not there because they're stuck at the airport. He's interrupted by Chavo and Andrade. Andrade says that he got Penta and Phoenix a limo and that Pac needs to treat his boys better. Taz comes out. He brings out the new FTW champion, Ricky Starks. There's a full-on celebration. There's a band. He talks his shit. This leads to Brian Cage interrupting. He takes out the band. He destroys the band stuff. We're going to continue the feud between Cage and Starks, which I'm cool with because Cage and Starks put on a great match two weeks ago for that FTW champion. And then surprise number one, holy shit, we got the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Hiroshi Tanahashi, is here on the show. He has a video package saying that he wants the next IWGP US title shot, whether it is Hikuleo 
or it is Lance Archer. He wants that title shot. He is AEW bound. For those who are unfamiliar with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tanahashi for the last 20 years has been one of the top guys in New Japan. And before Okada was taken over the world, before Shinsuke Nakamura was taken over the world, Hiroshi Tanahashi was the guy. He was the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was the ace. No one has main evented more Wrestle Kingdom shows than Hiroshi Tanahashi. So if you ain't familiar with Hiroshi Tanahashi, get ready because this is going to be amazing to have him a part of this roster. Next, we finally get the tag team grudge match between FTR with Tully Blanchard against Santana and Ortiz with Conan. Real throwback there, really cool. This was a really good matchup. During the matchup, Cash Wheeler got a really bad forearm injury. It looked kind of gruesome. But I hope he's okay. We had a really good victory here for FTR. This was their hometown of North Carolina, and they needed this win. It's hard because both these teams kind of need to win. But FTR is definitely, you know, I think that they need to they need to find their way back to the tax straps. You know, FTR is a great team. So is Proud and Powerful. But really good matchup here. Next, we got an interview with Britt Baker. She says that she's bringing in someone to watch her back. You know, she's injured. Rebel's injured. She said, you always got people interfering. She needs to bring someone in to watch her back. So expect a bodyguard or enforcer for Britt Baker very soon. We next get a big, big, big announcement. Because it was announced that from Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone that the second episode of Rampage... The new show coming to TNT for AEW, Friday nights at 10 o'clock Eastern. The second show will be live from the Chicago United Center, a huge arena in Chicago. It's going to be called The First Dance, which is alluding to the debut of CM Punk. Because CM Punk put on the song The First Dance on his Twitter page. Is that just a coincidence? I think not. The crowd goes crazy. They're chanting, CM Punk, CM Punk. And then we see Darby Allen and Sting. And Darby Allen and Sting say that they've been to Chicago many times. They face the greatest in Chicago. They want to face the best in the world. If this is setting up Darby Allen versus CM Punk in Chicago, I'm telling you right now, that crowd is going to go bananas if CM Punk comes out. And then on top of that, I think Darby Allen is a phenomenal choice for first uh, first opponent for CM Punk. Two very similar guys. I literally said on this podcast two days ago that one of my dream matches for CM Punk in AEW is Darby Allen. If we do indeed get Darby Allen versus CM Punk, I think maybe Darby Allen calls out CM Punk or CM Punk comes out and calls out Darby Allen. And then we get the match at All Out. I don't think that you get CM Punk versus Darby Allen, CM Punk's first night back. I would save that match for the Chicago show on pay-per-view, which will pop a huge buy rate. But just nonetheless, these are crazy times. This all but confirms that CM Punk is all elite. He is on his way. This is just crazy-ass times to be a wrestling fan. This is a game-changing signing if AEW does indeed have CM Punk. 
and this is the first time on AEW's show that they alluded to the rumors being true. All week, all people are talking about on YouTube, on podcasting, all over, is Daniel Bryan and CM Punk in AEW. And people were saying, you know, until it's confirmed, they don't believe it, yada, yada, yada. This kind of confirms it. This kind of alludes to it. If this is just a big ruse and CM Punk does not show up, the crowd is going to shit all over this. It's insane. What a what a time to be alive. CM Punk back in professional wrestling and for AEW and to possibly be going up against Darby Allin. I could see CM Punk being a big fan of Darby Allin's character, a big fan of Darby Allin's lifestyle. I could see CM Punk wanting to face Darby Allin and saying, hey, that's the first guy I want to face. So I'm really interested in that. If we do get... CM Punk versus Darby Allin at the pay-per-view. Like I said, things going to pop a big buy rate. But this is very exciting times for AEW. When we come back from this commercial break, we will be talking about the second half of AEW's Fight for the Fallen. We got a lot more to talk about. We have an IWGP US Championship match to talk about. We have a freaking death match to talk about. We have an attack from Malachi Black to talk about. I'm a poet, and I don't even know it. Anyway, we'll be right back. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into the second half of AEW's Fight for the Fall in 2021. The show's about to really heat up, so let's talk about the IWGP US Championship matchup, sanctioned by New Japan Pro Wrestling. This matchup starts out with the debut, the in-ring debut of Bullet Club member Hikuleo, who comes out with his father and gets a huge pop, the legendary King Haku, the most... Dangerous man in professional wrestling. 
the man, the biggest badass, the man with all the folklore and stories behind him, the man you don't want to fuck with. And guess what? That's just not my opinion. That's the opinion of all his peers. So you know this man's a badass. Anyway, King Haku is here with his son, Hikuleo, from the Bullet Club, direct from New Japan Pro Wrestling. The crowd goes wild. We then have Lance Archer come out, and we have ourselves a really good big man matchup for the IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, sanctioned by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like I said, this was a really good big man matchup. And while this matchup was going on, seeing that uh, video package of the possible debut of CM Punk, Seeing the beginning of the show with uh, with uh, all the shit that went down with um, the Elite and the Dark Order. Knowing that Nick Gage is going to be on the show later on. Seeing King Haku here. I'm just thinking to myself, God damn it. It is a great time to be an AEW fan. This is just the best and most fun company to watch today. But then I snap out of it. I'm continuing to watch the match. And there we have it. Lance Archer picks up a win against Hikaleo. And he is still your IWGP US champion. After this, they go to the back. Cody Rhodes is in the gorilla position. He's sitting with Jerry Lynn and Tony Khan. He's going to cut a promo. He gets on the mic. He's being interviewed by uh, Alex Marvez. Looks like he's going to be talking about his showdown with Malachi Black next week at AEW Homecoming. And before he could even get into it, before he could get a word out, Malachi Black attacks. He hits a huge kick on Cody Rhodes. This leads to a big fight and brawl. They brawl to the inside of the arena in front of the crowd. The crowd's going crazy. I Yo, I noticed that the crowd was booing Cody. And this is the South. I thought that the crowd would never boo Cody. But the crowd was so behind Malachi Black, they were booing Cody. Now, there, I could talk a lot about how Cody, you know, didn't book himself the best during the pandemic. A lot of guys, they lost opportunities because Cody cut them at the legs. The first TNT title match, Cody versus Lance Archer, Lance Archer should have won. Cody giving Brody Lee the opportunity to win that title like he did and destroy Cody was such a great moment that, in my opinion, was taken away from Brody when Cody comes back a few weeks later and wins it back. Cody Rhodes defeated Darby Allin how many times during during the pandemic? Cody Rhodes stops the rise of Anthony Agogo, and we haven't seen him since. Cody Rhodes booked himself like a fucking Triple H character here. But anyway, no. Cody Rhodes, he, I mean, I know he wasn't purposely burying people. I know he wasn't burying people like, you know, Triple H would. But the thing is, it wasn't the best decision to have Cody Rhodes win all these matches against guys who are not established yet on AEW television. Cody Rhodes did not need to win against Lance Archer. Cody Rhodes did not need to become the first TNT champion. Cody Rhodes did not need to stop Anthony Ogogo. Cody Rhodes did not need to take the title back from Brody Lee so quickly. We all know what happened to Brody Lee. That was his last matchup, unfortunately. God rest his soul, Brody Lee. But still, it just seems like Cody just needed to, you know, always be that guy in the spotlight. Then there was a lot of controversy about some of his... uh, you know, tone-deaf comments during 
his promos, a lot of shit about his uh his him saying that he he has a focus group for every promo. I don't know. Cody Rhodes is not he didn't look too too good the last couple months and I got to say that this crowd is either very behind Malachi Black or they're starting to see through Cody because Cody got booed. And when Malachi Black take out, he took out Cody, he got the upper hand here and the better of Cody, the crowd went wild. Then all the wrestlers and staff came out to restore order and Malachi Black hit the black mass on Fuego del Sol, Fuego del Sol. And he says, welcome to the House of Black. Malachi Black looked like an absolute star. But next week at Homecoming, if Malachi Black does not beat Cody Rhodes, yo, there's going to be a problem. Next, we got another Redeemer promo from the Redeemer himself, Miro. I love this new character for Miro. It is really, really fitting for him. It's just great stuff. I just hope that we see him more in the ring. I know he has a match next week against Lee Johnson. I just want to see Miro more in the ring. We then get Private Party and Angelico, who is managed here by Matt Hardy in North Carolina, which is holy land for the Hardys. They go against Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. A lot of uh, big pops here for all the guys. The Jungle Ex- the Jungle Express, the Jurassic Express with Christian Cage pick up the victory here. But in the end, the Blade KOs Christian Cage with the Brass Knucks. It looks like we're going to be getting Christian Cage versus the Blade next. We then get a video package of Nick Gage. He's talking about his history. He's talking about carving Chris Jericho up and how Chris Jericho is not going to be making it to labor number three after tonight. I'm excited about this shit. We then get... Julia Hart versus the newly signed, the officially signed to AEW, Thunder Rosa. Really good matchup. I want to see more of Julia Hart, but I'm so glad that Thunder Rosa is here and she picked up the victory. After this matchup, we got a promo from John Moxley. He says that Tanahashi been ducking him. And he said that, you know what, screw Tanahashi. I don't even want to fight you anymore. He said that it's funny how Tanahashi could come back to the States, but the New Japan offices have not brought him back to Japan. He said it's okay. He's sending a stack of papers, which is an open contract to Japan. And he says that he wants a challenger from the Forbidden Door. And he said that they're not going to like what's on the other side. If this leads to John Moxley versus uh, Tanahashi, that's going to be absolutely epic. That would be great. I, I These matches being a part of AEW have just made this fucking Forbidden Door shit so much better. And then if you have the prospect of Daniel Bryan coming in and having against uh, these dream matches with the New Japan guys like he wants... It's the, the the possibilities are endless. Main event time. Hardcore no DQ rules. It is the second labor of Jericho. It is the pain maker Chris Jericho versus Nick fucking Gage. Who gets the full entrance and everything. Really, really cool. You know, shouts to the murder, death, kill gang. Shouts to Eastern Block. Rest in peace, Nate Hatred. Rest in peace, Justice Pain. Yo, man. Three two six, woo! Yeah, this is just a great, great match, and this this shit was an actual death match. I didn't think that they were going to go to the extent that they went. I didn't think we were going to see panes of glass. I didn't think we were going to see light tubes. I didn't think we were going to see the pizza cutter. Jericho was a bloodied mess after this. This is. I didn't think that they were going to actually give a real death match on AEW television, but they did. They did. It is, you know, it's an acquired taste, but it 
fits here because MJF is trying to put Jericho through hell. So, of course, what more hell can you do than to put him in a death match? It's, it's really cool, but Chris Jericho ends up picking up the victory after he hit the Painmaker. But this match was just insane. Like I said, Jericho was carved to F up. Nick Gage held his word. He kept his word. He kept his promise. If you want to hear Nick Gage talk about AEW and his uh, history and in GCW, his time in jail and all that good shit, check out the Nick Gage interview on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast YouTube or on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast itself. You don't want to miss it. That was a great, great interview with Nick Gage. Check that out. But in the end, Chris Jericho wins. After the matchup, MJF comes out. He says that the next labor of Jericho will be Jericho's old rival, Juventud Guerrera, the Juice. That is a shock. I am so excited to see Juventud versus Chris Jericho after all these years. Next week, AEW was a great, great episode. I'm giving it a strong 4.5 out of 5. Every episode since they went back on the road, and even the last episode in Daily's Place, has been start to finish phenomenal. There's not one bad thing I can say about these shows. This has just been an amazing time to be an AEW fan. I gave the show 4.5 out of 5. I sat through it. The two hours just flew by. I'm excited for AEW Rampage. I'm excited for AEW uh, Homecoming next week. AEW's on the roll. If you don't watch this product, you're missing out. When we come back, we're going to go back in time, just like we do every Thursday. We're going to be making an impact. So put on your seatbelts to the Wrestling DeLorean, and we're going to be going back in time to March 11, 2006, the go-home show to TNA's Destination X pay-per-view. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Show for you. We are joined by a very special guest, 
one of my favorite wrestlers growing up and still to this day one of my favorite wrestlers the notorious 187 homicide is in the building baby we have a very special interview with him today he discusses everything from his start in wrestling ring of honor becoming a ring of honor world champion tna lax the new lax and his return to ring of honor currently as the tag team champions with chris dickinson and a whole lot more you don't want to miss it we got the news and notes from around the wrestling world and we're going to talk about last night's nxt so before we get into the Super Stack Show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast and coming along for the ride. Fans from Mexico, Canada, Germany, Taiwan, Ireland, India, the UK, Australia, Brazil, Philippines, the United States, Canada, you know, from all over the world. All over the world. Without you guys, there is no one. So thank you so much for all the support. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow us on the old Twitter machine at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Also, make sure you check out the YouTube for the video of every interview that we have here. And some very cool exclusive content that you can't see anywhere else. So... Without further ado, let's bring on our boy. Here is the Notorious 187, Homicide. Yo, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today we are joined by a very special guest. We got the current Ring of Honor Tag Team Champion in the building, the, the former NWA Tag Team Champion, former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, the Notorious 187 Homicide. What's up, man? All right, what's up, man? Thank you for having me. Nah, it's an honor, man. I really appreciate you coming on and doing the podcast with me, bro. Thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, how you how you doing, though? How you feeling lately? I'm doing good, man. I can't complain. I'm, I'm still alive, man. I'm surprised. <laughs> I should have been <laughs> there a long time ago, but I'm still here, you know? Yeah, God bless. God bless, for sure. So, no yeah. Down, man. I've been a been like a huge fan of yours for a long time. We even worked together back in the past. Like, I don't know if you remember Tier One Wrestling. I was a small little part of that back in the day, like a couple years ago. Like, yes. I, I used to do security there. I met you there. You was always a class act. I met you at a TNA event a couple years ago. You was really cool there, man. So I've always been a big fan of you personally and like your work in the ring too. So, like I said, it's an honor. Oh, thank you so much, man. Thank you. So. Let's go back to, like, growing up and being a wrestling fan when you was younger. Like, what type of wrestling were you into? Who was you a fan of? Um, of course, I'm from New York City. Um, I love Hulk Hogan. I was a Hulkamania. Um, when WrestleMania 6 came along, he wrestled Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior. Beat him. I was crushed. <laughs> I felt like Hulkamania was dead. And one day, um, I was flicking channels, and at New York, we had this thing called Channel 68. It was like a stolen cable. It was something. Yeah. And they were showing wrestling every week, 7 o'clock. And Fridays and Monday, was showing NWA. And I saw a match with uh, Ric Flair fighting Ricky Steamboat. And I would say to myself, wow, there's other wrestlers. I thought it was only WWF. I had no clue. It was Japan, Mexico, anything like that. So I was watching this product. I remember Ricky Steamboat WrestleMania 3. I was like, oh, he went to another promotion. So it reminded me like joining the Yankees getting traded to the Angels, you know, something like that. So 
uh, Ric Flair won, and I hated Ric Flair. To me, he reminded me like a, a, a rich guy who didn't give a damn about nobody, especially poor people, because I'm one of those poor people back in the days. Terry Funk was the, the, the judge, and he, he came out, and he said, hey, man, I want a title shot. Ric Flair, he was being cocky, saying, go back to Hollywood with Sylvester Stallone. You need to be a contender to, yeah. to have this belt. He was right, but the way he said it, it was like a little dick mood, you know? Yeah. But, um, Terry was like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me apologize to you. And I always tell people from the streets, <laughs> like, watch out with the left hand and watch out for the left hook. And he just bust him up. After that, I fell in love with Terry Fun, became one of my idols. I was watching NWA constantly. I was watching Halloween Havoc. That was my first video when it comes to like rented videos. Yeah. And it was a cage match with Sting and uh, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk and the Bay Muda. And it was a wrap after that. I, I fell in love with NWA and mixed it up with WCW. But mind you, I still love WWF, but it was, yeah. it was different. ACW came along. It was like, man. Forget about it after that, right? Like, they just it's, took over and shit. Exactly. You know, then after I was studying wrestling, I was studying Japan. Um, that's where really my influence came from, is Japan. And I studied um, the European, like the UK. I went to Mexico. And I just studied everything, man. That's the one thing about myself. I want to learn every style because I feel that every country got a different style. Yeah, definitely. So, like, where was the transition from being a fan and then saying, you know what, I think I actually could do this. I'm going to do, like, my best to get into the business and, like, try my hand in it. Oh, I was wanting to do it. Um, I mean, the first match I've ever seen was British uh, Bulldog versus the Dream Team. was Beefcake and um, Hammer. Mm. And after that, I wanted to become a pro wrestler. Of course, everybody was laughing at me, including my mother. My friends, it was, it was because I was a fat, pudgy kid back in the days, you know. So after that, you know, joining the right people. And uh, I was saying, yo, I want to be a pro wrestler. And one day, boom, I, I went to a school. I was locked up actually in Rikers Island. Wow. And instead of getting out, I joined the wrestling school. I had a friend who wanted to do a pickup. He mm. go to this school. Actually, it was a grocery store. And um, I see a couple of cats in the ring. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, my father owns a wrestling class. And I was I was tripping. And yeah. I, I found out some information. It was 25 bucks to get in, learn everything, and boom. I give my money. I, I started joining wrestling the next day. I was 70 years old at the time. Wow. I was part of a began doing stupid stuff. I'd be dropped out of high school, just mm-hmm. doing stupid and wrestling to save my life. That's what's up, man. Like, I'm glad that you had that, like, life-changing experience in, through wrestling. So, the first time I saw you, I think it was Jersey All-Pro in the 90s, like, late 90s, like, 99-ish. And then when you really started to blow up when, like, I saw you, like, on DVDs and all that, it's when you was in Ring of Honor. So, like, what was it like being in Ring of Honor in the early days, working with guys like Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, CM Punk? How was that? Like, because at that time, Ring of Honor was like the new ECW. It was like on the rise. It was the underground. Yeah. There was such a crop of talent. And you was a big part of that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that Ring of Honor shouldn't be picked up the way it is right now. It became a great promotion, television. I'm talking about like 
big three, four, five, whatever is is big part of the the rest of the community. I, back in the days, this dude came up to me, hey, I got a restaurant in Philadelphia. I want you and your partner to join in. I'm like, okay. And we got booked and it was one of those like we had no clue it was gonna pick up and blow up. After that, um, of course, uh, a lot of people call me. I'm like a leader boss of New York uh, at the time. Back in the 90s, we had territories. Like, basically, I bring my guys from New York to New Jersey. New Jersey, they like us. We worked too hard, too mm-hmm. stiff, or whatever you want to call it. Went to Philadelphia. We had a couple of cats um, who was friend of us, Baltimore. So I was representing my state. Mm-hmm. And... Um, went to this promotion, we made sure that New York had their own locker room, you know, because nobody liked us. But the one thing, I give respect to everybody from that company, everybody was together. We have cats from the Midwest, like BJ Whitmer, Coca Banda, Ace Dude, CM Punk, they came along first. After that, he come to West Coast. West Coast, some Joe, then Brian, Christopher Daniels, you know, and we was protected, but we made sure that nobody messed with us. But the one thing about those cats, we was together. Uh, there was a couple of times, like someone Joe, like nobody's going to try to bully me. You know, like Black, dude, nobody's trying to bully you. I'll be yeah. testing you. And he did pass. I always remember I had a match. And um, it was I think it was him and Loki in the wrestler. And Loki represented uh, for me as one of my students. And we it was me and Julius Smokes. We went to a club and the first time we met up, Tomoja came out to us and we was kicking and we clicked very well. Guys were like one of my best friends and in the world, man. Like he's doing his thing. And uh same thing with Dana Bryan. Everybody just made their moves and we're the butter and it just picked up and blew up. And it was yeah, it was the new AC at the time because we had so much talent all over the world. So I'm very surprised the way it is right now. Yeah, it's definitely like a night and day difference between the old Ring of Honor and the new Ring of Honor, how it went from like the underground to now it's mainstream and it's big pay-per-view oh, yeah. lights. Like when we come back from this commercial break, we will have more with Homicide. So stay tuned. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 